Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. Anzac Day, the day we remember those Australians and New Zealanders who have served and died in wars, conflicts and peacekeeping operations across the world. In pre-COVID-19 times, we would stand together at war memorials across the country and think about the men and women who have made the ultimate sacrifice. But today, the world is a different place, and instead, we take to our balconies, driveways and backyards to look up to the sky in the knowledge that we are united in our isolation. So as we remember them, today we also celebrate the lives of five amazing women whose efforts during the First World War are nothing short of incredible. Doctors, nurses, inventors and writers, women whose contributions are also part of the Anzac legend. In 1918, nurse Pearl Elizabeth Corkhill was tending to injured soldiers not far from the front line in Abbeville in France. On August 23 that year, the area was heavily bombed by German forces, whose artillery rained down on their hospital from above. Despite the chaos around her, Pearl continued to care for the sick and wounded men, earning her a bravery award that would be handed to her by King George himself. In a letter to her mother, Pearl's no-fuss attitude was evident, with more concern about the inconvenience of the ceremony than the fact that she was being recognised for her hard work and dedication. I can't see what I've done to deserve this, but the part I don't like is having to face old George and Mary to get the medal. It will cost me a new dress, but I suppose I should not grumble at that. I'm still wearing the one I left Australia in. Pearl would continue to work in hospitals on her return home. She passed away in December 1985, just two years shy of her 100th birthday. When you see war journalists in movies, it's generally a man on the front lines with the troops carrying a typewriter or some kind of recording device. Well, when war broke out in 1914, Aussie poet, journalist and novelist Louise Mack was in Belgium. Louise, or Louis to her friends, used her skills and her proximity to the front to become the first ever female war correspondent for the Evening News and London's Daily Mail. By October 1915, she'd moved from Brussels to Antwerp in Belgium. There, she posed as a mute maid in the hotel where she was staying in order to spy on German officers. After emerging from the hotel basement where she'd sheltered from a heavy bombing attack, she described the city as haunted by the ghosts of 500,000 people. In her book, A Woman's Experience in the Great War, she wrote... Another Torb was sneaking unobserved among the clouds and was rapidly gaining a place high above Dunkirk. And now it lets fall a bomb that drops down, down into the town beneath. Immediately, with a sound like a splitting of a million worlds, everything and everyone opens fire, French, English, Belgians and all. The whole earth seems to have gone mad. Up into the sky there are all firing, up into the brilliant golden sunlight at that little black swiftly moving creature that spits out venomously. Every two or three minutes, black bombs that go slitting through the air with a faint screech till they touch the earth and shed death and destruction all around. For her efforts, Mac would be awarded the Military Medal for Bravery. 
When Myra Juliet Farrell was sleeping, she would have amazing dreams. She would wake, write them down, and then translate them with a mirror in the morning. Because, of course, in that place between sleep and awake, she would write backwards and on whatever she had at hand, including the bed linen or the wall. These dreams would eventually be turned into inventions. And some of that technology would end up being adopted by the Australian Army during the First World War. A journalist described Farrell in the Western Age newspaper. One would expect to find the person responsible for all this ingenious work to be rather difficult. But Mrs Taylor is quite the reverse when one succeeds in making her talk of herself and her doings. Her manner is simple, kindly and affable. In appearance, she is essentially feminine, very fair and plump, with appealing blue eyes and a brilliant colouring which comes and goes as she warms to her subject and a soft, slow voice. One of her inventions was for a barricade that would not only protect those behind it, but physically repel ammunition and lessen the impact of shells. While it's not confirmed whether the army used this technology or not, there's more evidence they used her light. Farrell had created a light that could be projected at a great distance. According to her family legend, the light was used at the north head of Sydney Harbour to confuse enemy ships that would be led to believe that it was the beam of the South Head Lighthouse. When she passed away in 1957, she held the patents for many inventions, including the clothesline, a boneless corset for scoliosis sufferers, a sling to carry a baby, an automatic fruit picker, several medications and the folding pram hood. When Elizabeth Kenny started a revolutionary new method of treating polio patients during World War I, she had no idea she would become the mother of physiotherapy. Instead of immobilising patients struck down by the disease, the unaccredited Australian nurse would focus on exercising the muscles, keeping them moving. Working as a bush nurse when war broke out, she was accepted to serve with the army despite her lack of qualifications. She worked on dark ships, vessels which went on dangerous missions which would see them travel between Australia and England with no lights. 16 trips later, she was promoted to sister. Elizabeth Kenny returned to Australia and in the lead-up to her passing in 1952, continued her revolutionary treatment of polio, creating physiotherapy methods that we still use today. She said of her radical treatment ideas... I was wholly unprepared for the extraordinary attitude of the medical world in its readiness to condemn anything that smacked of reform or that ran contrary to approved methods of practice. Some minds remain open long enough for the truth not only to enter but to pass on through by way of a ready exit without pausing anywhere along the route. It's better to be a lion for a day than a sheep all your life. While the Australian Army wasn't too keen on having a lady doctor join their ranks, the English were more than happy to welcome Dr Katie Louisa Ardell. For four years, Ardell would work treating wounded soldiers during World War I, travelling across Britain, France and Egypt. When the war ended, Ardell returned to Sydney where she established a gynaecological practice which included a free clinic for the wives and children of servicemen and Sydney's first birth control clinic. She gave a lecture on birth control in 1938 entitled The Hard Road of Undesired Motherhood in which she said... The spread of knowledge of birth control would do much to prevent abortion. Unfortunately, abortion is more frequent than you in the security of your home realise. We who work among the poorer classes can tell of the awful harvest of maimed bodies resulting from this practice. And are we wholly free from responsibility? Let us, in the name of decency, rise and make an attempt to deal honestly with the problem. 
Ardell ended her military career as a captain of the English Army and was awarded the Order of the British Empire and given a Dame of Grace of the Order of St John of Jerusalem. While we remember the men who fought and died on the front lines of battlefields across the world on this Anzac Day, we will also never forget the women who've been fighting right alongside them. They shall grow not old as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them. them.